0: You are listening to the After the Timeout podcast, hosted by John Palicki and Todd Zazzado. Two high school head coaches talking basketball on the court, off the court, and anything in between.
1: On today's episode of the After the Timeout podcast, we are sitting down with Coach Dr. George Barber. Dr. Barber has been the head coach of the Greenville University men's basketball program since the fall of 1999. We are going to talk to Coach Barber about his up-tempo system-style offense, his schedule to start the season, and different adjustments his teams make to be successful. Enjoy the show.
2: To be here with you
0: guys. No, it's it's totally awesome, totally awesome to have you. So, I'm sitting at home over Thanksgiving, and all of a sudden on ESPN, I see Greenville University pop up. So, I kind of want to ask you one: you know, you're one of the very few teams in Illinois around the area playing. So, one, what was kind of the discussions that you guys decided that you were actually going to play and were able to do that, and then two. Your schedule is super unique this year, obviously because of the situation we're in. So, uh, just how that came about as well.
2: So, Todd, yeah. So, here's what happened. We, I knew that the NCAA rules said you got to be testing three times a week in order to uh, in order to compete, and I knew my conference was not doing that. So, I was like, oh man. Um, and in fact, they moved all of their games back to february like we were going to start at the end of february but we already had a deal with the university of illinois that we were testing twice a week and i thought if i can just uh add one more test a week then i meet that three times a week criteria and surely there's going to be teams that cannot meet that criteria because the cost sometimes is up as much as hundred dollars a test and also uh there's going to be teams that has a positive because if you have one positive in basketball the whole team is out right and so like you know you're testing three times a week you get a positive on wednesday you can't play the saturday game so now this team's gonna need you know somebody to play them here we are greenville readily available if you pay us we'll uh, right. we'll play you you know and so um that's how it got started and i just went to my ad and i said i really want to play would you let us do this and he said oh man there's a lot of hoops to jump through let me ask our president She was great. She said, absolutely, you got it. Uh, We'll test you three times a week. Do you really think you can get games? I said, absolutely. So I sent out emails to 2,000 schools around the nation, like division one, two, and three. I said, I wanna play anybody, anywhere, anytime. And they ended up uh, getting like 300 responses. I would say the majority, maybe 200 were division two and three that said, hey, we're not gonna be testing, but we'd like to play in January. And so we ended up um, finding some D1s, and basically it would go like this, um, Todd, when they'd say, listen, George, we know how you play, and we don't want to play you. You're the last team in the nation that we would like to play. (laughs) However, uh, we were desperate. So right now, you're on hold. And then they'd call me like two, three days later, and they'd say, we can't find anybody else in the entire nation and you know so would you play us and so yeah absolutely that's that's literally how it would happen and um we got four games and we were rolling we would have had five or six but we also had a positive test and the kid didn't even feel bad but that's that's the whole team's out so we're done for two weeks
0: so okay then you guys obviously have a little bit of break, right? You we were supposed to have a game, I think, what, the 12th, maybe? Uh, right. And they didn't play, so you have a break. Obviously, probably the kids are going home for Christmas. Yep, they're um, home, yep. When you guys come back and get ready to go, right, there's still a little bit of time there. What are you guys doing as far as your player development stuff? You know, what are the things you're going to do in that interim between, between games to, you know, kind of keep you guys ready?
2: Right, so we divided into four different – segments. And we said, uh, okay, um, because of contact tracing, we wanted to make sure that we didn't, uh, as we as we meet closely, uh, even in practice, we want to keep the coaches kind of safe. So we said, um, you know, what are you going to do for conditioning? What are you going to do for lifting? What are you going to do for shooting? And finally, what are you going to do? Like we said, academically or spiritually, like, you know, what book are you going to read? And so The coaches got in groups of five with the kids and helped them, you know, guide, guided them on their goal setting. So we just, you know, each, each group's a little different, uh, but there's something like, you know, we want to get up a couple hundred threes a day, um, you know, five days a week, or uh, some of them said, we want to try to make 500 threes, no matter how many shots it takes us over the week. So there's challenges to that because people can't get in gyms. You know, like you can't, you can't get Definitely. in a gym. Yeah. And so, you know, if you don't have a, uh, um, a, a hoop in your driveway, then, um, or a park that you can go to is outside. Some of my kids are from LA. So, you know, they're good, but um, cause outside is weather's warmer, but if you're up North somewhere and it's outside, it's just going to be, you know, today's been nice, but um, anyways. Yeah. So, so we just, set, we set goals and, but here's the deal. I don't know if you guys know, that's the nature of division three. So we always have, you know, like two weeks off at Christmas. And so we're yeah. used to, you know, sometimes if a kid's a little overweight, I'll bring them in right before Christmas and weigh them. And then I'll bring them in right the day they get back. And I say, you better not have gained any weight. You know I mean? Better not be too much pumpkin pie over the holiday. So that's kind of funny, but that's what we, I mean, that's, that's how we set those goals. <laughs> That's really cool. So, you
1: know, besides wins and losses, coach, uh, you know, obviously we know you play the system, but you know, what statistics do you look at post game to know if your team, you know, successfully played the the game, the Greenville way.
2: Right. So we look at um, these five stats. Okay. Number one, we say we got to get a hundred shots a game. And uh, number two is we wanna make 50 or 50%, 50 of those shots three pointers. Uh, The third thing is we wanna grab 35% of the available offensive rebounds. So that would be um, sending four guys to the board, wedging in, basically grabbing a third of the misses that we have on offense. So it's super risky.
0: You know, I mean, we don't,
2: the only guy we put back at all is the guy who shot. And he really just goes to the top of the key because we go, if we can get him a second shot, you know, that he's going to make the next one. So, and then the fourth thing is we try to force 32 turnovers a game. And we press you the whole time. We're going to press you on misses, makes, um, you know, half court, full court. Uh, and then the final step, the biggest step is do we shoot the ball 25 more times than the opponent? so normal basketball is jump ball offense defense offense defense for the panthers it's jump ball offense defense offense steal offense defense offense offensive rebound offense and so you generate 25 more shots and you know the the theory is that some of those shots will go in and you'll win the game that's that's the theory now people say to me what happens if you're not you know if you're missing you're not shooting well i go we we lose. I mean, you know, I mean, just like anybody. So uh, the point is generating extra shots. We're not, we're not that particular on good shot, bad shot. We just want to generate the extra shots. And we assume that some of those 25 are going to go in. So,
0: so off of your offensive rebound, then 35%, that's, that's a lot. You obviously want to get another shot off of that. So how are you guys organizing yourself off of your offensive rebounds?
2: Right, so um, well, as soon as we don't, well, if we secure the rebound, we turn and we kick it out to the guy who's at the top of the key who shot the ball. If he shot in the corner, he got to repair to the top. If he, sh- you know, shoots at the wing, he just repairs to the top. So um, if we don't get the ball, which you know happens two thirds of the time, uh, we turn immediately and we press with the two guys nearest to the the opponent who got the rebound then we have two other guys we pick up near man we just call it near man there's called scurriers they pick up near man and they pick up uh defensively to discourage the 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 closest next pass or to intercept the closest next path and then finally the last guy who was a shooter is sort of at the top of the key maybe between the jump circle and the um and the top of the key and you know, he would be like the back of the press. And so he's looking to intercept, maybe find somebody who's deep if he throws long. And, um, but, but it is, it's super discouraging to players to rebound the ball and just have somebody on you immediately. It's just not, it's just not the norm. You know, you're like, ah, get off me. But you know, that's, that's how we play. So.
1: So kind of, kind of going into that coach, just to elaborate a little bit. So, you know, what are, what are some key concepts just on your press alone? And then kind of going even deeper, you know, let's say a team beats your press kind of take us through a little bit of, you know, what key concepts do you focus on in the half court defense?
2: Right. So (laughs) again, it's like insane what we're doing, but what it is, is we never want the ball going backwards. We never want the ball being brought back out. We always want them to be going toward their basket. And so we call it no lag pass. And if, if uh, we're pressing, we would, we, the, the rule is nothing goes backwards. And so we, we face guard, we're trapping the, the ball and face guarding anything that's out top, near half court, you know, or in the corner um, if it ever got to the middle of the floor, we back off that guy and we say, lock on everybody locks on. So, so all this one guy can do, he's at the middle of the court. Usually it's a post player is taking turn and shoot an eight or 10 footer, which we encourage that. We just, we dare you to shoot the ball because we want you to shoot. It. We don't think you're going to make us it. a two pointer, you know, even if you shoot 50% from eight or 10 feet, that's in our favor. Cause, cause you know, that's 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 only a two it's not a three we just don't want you holding the ball for 30 seconds and sort of resting while you're on offense we're going to keep you from we're going to keep you from holding the ball that's our goal now if a team tries to do that that's we love that in the sense that they're going to play tight their kids are not going to get in a flow and play loose and we're going to make some steals on you eventually um but the idea for us is to keep the game ragged, to keep it like, cause we're going to be putting fresh guys in every minute. And so, um, you know, we're going to dare you to take that mid range two pointer. It's kind of like icing. You know what icing is in the NBA? Yep. Where they, they yep. ice the ball screener and they just dare him to take a sort of a mid range two. And I'm telling you, Augustana, you know, one of the best teams in the nation mm-hmm. last decade, division three, we played in first round. They just fell right into that trap, and we were up by 25 at halftime, which was, you know, they're like giants and like super good players. Now, we found out our best point guard in the last, you know, eight minutes of the game. They they came back and they got us. But, boy, it took them a whole half to adjust to that, They, you know, just our pace, so –
1: So coach, you know, just for me personally, you know, my team, I also like to play fast, not as fast as you guys, but we do try to score in under seven seconds. So, you know, just thinking into some things teams do to us, you know, what are, what are things that opponents do that you may struggle with? Uh, For example, we have a team that anytime um, that they're shooting free throws, they put nobody in because they don't want us to transition back on them. So what are things teams do that you struggle with and kind of what do you do to counter those things?
2: Right. That's, that's a really good question. Um, One of the things like you said is after an opponent shoots a free throw, you know, obviously we want to get the ball out and up very quickly. And so they'll put a, they'll send in a sub to the scorers table to get a horn and allow you know, their defense to get set so that we can't just, grab it out of the net, one, two, three, boom, we're taking off. So that's like one of the biggest things. And there is, there is just really no counter to that other than to say, um, you know, we're, we're going to run a set or something off of uh, a made free throw by the opponent when they sub in like that. Um, other things teams do, as I mentioned earlier, was to try, to try to slow the ball down. And that just, it's just like, that never works like it's like candy to the players like they're they're getting pressed and they they finally break free you you know this and and they see an open bucket and they're like they're not gonna they're not gonna dribble the ball out you know unless the coach (laughs) is like extremely disciplined them that they're supposed to do that and they'll do it two or three times But it's like no fun. It's no fun for the players. It's like candy. Like they just, they're like, there's an open basket. I got to take it. And so, like, when we play these D1s, we're like, okay, we're going to lose by 60, but we're going to choose the way that we're going to die. Like, you know, like, like we're good. You're going to play at our pace. You're going to, like, if you beat us, it's going to be like 170 to one, you know, 110 or something, because it's not going to be 80 to 50. Which which would be the equivalent of a normal basketball game. It doesn't look like it's such a beating, but it's the same thing. It's just everything in our game is double. So, you know, we're just we're choosing to say you're going to beat us, but you're going to you're only going to beat us playing the way that we want to play.
1: So So. just just for the uh, you know fast break guys like ourselves, you know, what if a team does like a three quarter one two two zone? against you and the kind of drops into a three, two and, and really just kind of tries to get you to even take four five, six seconds off that clock, just to get up the ball into the half
2: court. Yeah. So that, that will bother us. And I, you know, I hadn't gotten to that hadn't mentioned it, but that definitely will bother us. And Samford did that. Like you asked me right now, I'm going to tell you Samford is going to be a good basketball team. Whereas Some of these other teams we played, I don't think will be as good this year because they don't play into their strengths. Sanford did. And um, if you three quarter court presses, that does give us some trouble just because hardly anybody does it. Um, What we do, a couple things we do is we'll either reverse the inbound instead of coming over the uh, right shoulder, we have the point guard turn and let let the ball come in over the left shoulder. We don't want to reverse it back through the inbounder. That takes way too long. Our best remedy is not to do some fancy, uh, you know, ball reversal back to the inbounder, takes a lot of time. It's literally to get, you have to have a great quick point guard, get it to that point guard, and let them fly up the court, break the press. Um, And that, you know, I mean, that works some, I mean, if you're really, really a strong team and you press us the whole game, then it's gonna be, it's yeah, that's gonna be a great game. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, But if you are a normal team and you're not used to pressing, you know, a a coach won't do that the whole game. That's Mm -hmm. just very rare. That's very rare. Unless they're already given like, this is how we play. This is how we play.
0: So. So we talked about a lot of your concepts Obviously guys coming in, most guys coming from high school, it's going to be different for them, right? Yeah. So when you're installing this and you're putting it in and you're teaching your guys, are, are you teaching, you're doing breakdowns and then going whole, are you showing it to them whole then going part? How, how do you guys put your, put your stuff in?
2: Right. So I learned all of this from Doug Porter, who is another system guru and, um I went up and visited him he was the head coach at Olivet Nazarene forever for the women's team and he said listen the first thing you got to do is you gotta they gotta get up tons of shots because you're gonna be shooting more than the opponent so see that's the lost art in basketball I mean we even we even didn't win the gold medal I think in the 90s with uh in the Olympics because we as a as a culture in America, have, we've just fallen in love with this athleticism and all these dunks and these high flying things. And so now that you look at who they're, they're, they're uh, um, drafting are some of these European players that are more skilled and can shoot the ball. And so we actually take the first 40 minutes or so of practice and we do all these shooting drills. I mean, just tons of very competitive shooting drills. And I learned from Pete Carroll, uh, the Seahawks, I play music. I let them make a playlist. It's gotta be clean, you know, but I mean, I blare it and we have winners and we take sprints if you lose and it's very competitive. And we get in about 30 to 40 minutes, 200 three point shots up. And it's hard for me at first, it was hard for me um, to get used to it. But so the freshmen come in they're like, wow, okay. We're shooting for 40 minutes, wow. Okay, all kinds of competitive stuff, mainly three-pointers. Then we go to what's a skeleton, um, you know, like like Dave Arson would say, you can put the whole system in in, like, two practices. Like, you know, it's not, like, that complicated. So you get your primary break, and we have all of our optional primary break, go five on O. We, we put in our presses. We have three or four presses. We do some rebounding uh, stuff, and um, half-court D press, we do that for about 40 minutes and we end every practice with a scrimmage. So, like, you know, there's your two hours, 40, 40, 40, and the first 40 minutes for playing the music. So when the freshmen come in, they're like, they can't believe how fast things are going. Like, but when the when the practice is over, they go, practice is over? Like we're done? And we go, yeah, absolutely. This is it. We're done. And they go, man, that was super fun. Like, you know, that was like real upbeat. You weren't yelling at us. You weren't, we had to run a lot of sprints, but didn't feel like it. And um, so, and then the day before a game, we get up at six o'clock. We practice from six to like 7.30. We do shooting. We lift weights. We're out of there. That's it. And so we won't, like if we play on Saturday, we'll practice hard uh, Thursday. Friday morning will go 6 to 7 30 um, and I won't see him again until Saturday game time so they have literally you know 36 hours almost off before the game um, to get their legs you know like to be really fresh so mm-hmm. it's a it's a fascinating cycle of practices and everybody really really seems to appreciate it and enjoy it we don't just we're not just in there for hours and hours and Yes, we're playing very fast and no, the freshmen aren't used to it. But after four or six weeks, they, they start to learn, okay, this is how fast we got to play. So
1: in everything you, you were just discussing, you know, and we've discussed so far, half court defense, full court defense, you know, primary break, you know, what are some things you, you focus on if a team stops you in transition, what do you look to run in the half court?
2: Right. So we do, we will put in some things I call them NBA and they are NBA sets. Okay. And they're very quick. Uh, we, we had some stuff we call like loop or we'll call like hammer. We got from the Spurs or, um, maybe like the warriors or something. We'll, We'll put some stuff in where it's very quick. You know, we'll have maybe a handoff um, a back door and then a ball screen with two, you know, two options at the end of it. And the whole thing should not take more than four seconds, you know? And so, um, we will, we'll really take a lot of NBA sets and we'll run stuff. But, it, but if we start feeling like we're getting bogged down with the NBA stuff, we just, we just, um, you know, we, we go, no, 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 no. Don't, don't forget. Like, we're trying to score within 12 seconds, you know, so we're not, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not, we don't run those sets unless we're just, we can't get a bucket or we're, um, you know, we're set, you know, we're just getting, we get too stagnant. We don't, we don't like to run those those sets if we can't, but look at this. Like why would you want to run your offense against five defenders that are set? Like who can score? Like, that's like Bobby Knight, you know, Six screens, a little blood trickling down your nose and your chin, and then you take a 15-footer. I mean, that's so hard, right? And so why wouldn't you want to just get four or five guys flying down the court? They get two or three, and you're, you know, getting a shot up. I mean, it's a lot better like that. Uh, In my opinion, that's, that's that's the best way to run your offense before they can get set. So...
0: All right, so now uh, there's a lot of teams that run the system or try to. When teams don't have success doing it, what what are some of the things that they're missing? What is what are they what are they not, you know, kind of Todd, putting
2: putting Todd, back that? That is that is the best question, and they're, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that a little bit creatively. I'm gonna say they're missing, like the obvious answers, but they're not playing fast enough or they don't have the right personnel but that's not the right answer okay the two things that's the right answer is number one you gotta be a little crazy okay <laughs> that's the number one right answer okay so Westhead I go meet with him last year in Los Angeles and he goes I'm I you know you gotta be a little crazy I go to Dave Arsenal I go Dave he goes uh welcome to the dark side he said, George, you should have been here last, last Saturday. He said, we were up 28 and we lost a game in spectacular fashion. And I'm like, wow. Like what a perspective to say that, you know, like it's the other team's highlight of their career to come back 28 in the second half and beat you because, because you're just playing with such abandon, you know, to these goals of trying to get hundred shots a game. Cause if you're trying to get hundred shots, you're trying to get hundred shots and and I asked Gary Smith, I said, Gary, Gary's the guy that wrote the book, The System. I said, when's enough, enough? Like, you know, if you're up 20 with 10 minutes to go, is that enough? He said, what? And I said, what do you mean, what? Like, like, when's enough, enough? He goes, George, it's never enough. You always go to get these goals. You get 100 shots. It's a volume thing. You get 53s because the game's going to, you could be up 20 and lose. You could be down 20 and come back. It's all about trying to create more offensive possessions. Now, I said, Gary, we're trying to win the game. He goes, no, no, yeah, you're trying to win the game. But literally, you, you don't worry about that until you get your 100 shots and your 53s. And, you know, in the last two minutes, yeah, you use your timeouts. You get your best players in the game. You, you know, you can stall if you have a lead. But you don't do that until the last two minutes of the game. And I was like, okay you all you guys that run this system you are legit off your rocker like you're <laughs> legit crazy so okay i i'm in okay so that's number one so people you know like the the win is worshipped in our culture you know and so i say let's take that off the table so if if the game is out of reach Like you can't win the game because of time and score. You're too far down, not enough time. By the way, we've been down 19 with three minutes and 47 seconds to go in a game and come back and won a game. I'm sure. So uh, in regulation. So, but let's say, you know, it's two minutes and you're down 20 whatever. It's just not time and score possible. You, are you still going to play hard? You know, and the same question, like if you're up by so many points, uh, in a game now i'm not taking you know sportsmanship out like if the other guy puts all his scrubs in and quits you know quits playing and, and waves a white flag okay yeah you, you don't want to be a poor sport about it. Um, and we're not trying to do that at all I don't I don't ever want to do that, however, um, if they keep competing and keep running with you then you know are you going to play hard when even there's no chance of you losing, so I try to take that out of the formula and. Um, so that's the first answer you gotta be crazy. Second answer is um, you You have to put your team down in practice by like 20, because they're going to be down 20 at times. The other team's just going to have your number. They're shooting well. They're, they're knifing up your press. We had a team, they got Eureka. He got his quarterback from his football team. Uh, one year and said, "Here, I'm bringing you in for one reason. You're going to inbound the ball on the press versus Greenville, and you're just going to knife it up because you know you're a quarterback football guy." <laughs> and so he was. They yeah. were just shoot, shoot, shoot. Just like I said, they were killing us. So we we came back. I think that particular year we won. We were down seven with like a minute to go. We came back and won. But the point is, um, you got to put your team down in practice and say something like this. You have 10 minutes. You're down 20 points to the JV team and you're gonna run a suicide sprint for every point you lose by. And so you do it the first day they lose by like 13. This actually happened to me. And then the next day, same drill. And they were like, you know, we're down 10 and we got two minutes to go. If we can just get it to four, that's only four suicides instead of 10. And so they start to learn, okay, this is how fast we got to play. It's like a 400-meter sprint, you know, as hard as I can go. And pretty soon, they were, they were coming back 20 points in 10 minutes, and they were beating the JV team. Now, I know it's a JV team, but the point is they start to learn to play, like, value a three-pointer, value a steal, value an offensive rebound. It's just not normal basketball where they're just going, you know, okay, it's you know, it's out of reach. We gotta work really hard for this bucket. No, you can like I had a parent one time, thirty seconds to go, we gotta steal. He looks up, it's thirty seconds to go in halftime, he goes, One shot, you know, and I was thinking, I I know he's like a normal dad, but really, dad, we can get three shots in thirty seconds. So, you know, we're, no, we're not going to get one shot in 30. We can, we can get three. So you're going, you're going for the
0: three for one, right? The three for one. Yeah. Three of for one.
2: one. Yeah. three for one. Yeah, Instead of, you know, yeah. Two for one, 30 seconds. we can get three. So, <laughs> right.
0: Okay. On the flip side, then, like you said, you said people at coaches have to be a little bit crazy to run the system and not, maybe they can't do it because of numbers. Right. I, I'm sure that's a big factor. Maybe they are small school. They have eight kids. Uh, but what, what can coaches that maybe aren't completely system guys take away from what you guys are doing? You know, cause I'm a big believer in taking stuff from everything and making it your own. What can coaches that aren't running the system completely take away from you guys and maybe add to their program?
2: Right. So um, a, a couple of things, number one, you know, you, you can play faster. Like the whole thing I said uh, to John was, you know, why do you want to wait for five guys to get in place before you try to score? That's going to be difficult. So, you know, take every advantage of a defensive stop or a steal. Like we we have a like a little wallpaper on our locker room. One of the things says we get steals, not stops, which is funny. Like freshmen come in and they go, what? You know, and go, yeah, we value steals. We don't get stops. Like nobody, no coach, no dad, no little league, you know, little bitty ball nobody's ever told them that so but we have to start re you know brainwashing them or whatever uh into the the steal is very valuable if we can get three steals or three turnovers and 10 possessions we're going to win the game so um i would say the beating the defense down is always a great thing and i would say playing without fear so like this is a This is a massive experiment for me of how we can play basketball without fear like if you have fear, how does that inhibit your ability to play. And, you know, not not taking players out because of excuse uh, mistakes that they make and that kind of stuff is is something that you can take from that, you know, not not playing with fear. you know, the other thing, too, is if you're going to press, I remember Jim Molinari hired me at Bradley, and he was like, I want to press, because Patino pressed, and I was an assistant, grad assistant with Rick at Kentucky, and I said, okay, so we go, like, four weeks at the beginning of the season, and we're pressing, practicing, pressing, and we get in the game, and we press, and they score. The other team scores pretty quickly. They, they, you know, they got a two-on-one or whatever, and they score. And so he just looks down at me at the pitch and he's like mad at me. And I'm like, well, they're going to score early in the game when they're fresh. But if you stick with it and you gut punch them, you gut punch them, you know, eventually last 10 minutes, it's going to pay off. So I think people don't stick with it long enough, um, you know, before it actually works. And I'm a perfect example. I mean, we were 2 and 12 when we started the system. And I turned to my assistant, I said, this team can't shoot. If we just went zone, we could win this game. And he said, I don't know, coach. He said, you put a lot into this. You've invested a lot. I think you'd send a mixed message. And I said, okay, you're right. You know, my bad, we'll stick with it. We lost. And that's that next week is when I started putting them down 20. I go, doggone it, you're down 20 all the time in the game. I'm gonna put you down 20. You're gonna learn to play faster. And they did. And we actually flipped it. We went 12-2, and won the conference, and we either won the conference or come in second the last five years in a row. So um, they've learned to play faster.
1: So just uh, two things we do kind of on every episode. Obviously, we're the the after-the-timeout podcast. So one just kind of fun question, you know, what is one adjustment during a timeout that you see often made by your opponent when they're playing against you?
2: so so the one of the most fun stories i have of describing that is uh two of the coaches that i played against who um uh, when it comes to in-game adjustments the the only option they have is to play faster with us um sometimes they could say offensive rebound because we don't offensive we don't defensive rebound very well so they but other than that they can't they can't make a ton of adjustments they have to play the way that we want them to play and it's just a matter of who's going to out shoot who but the story is uh one of my friends that coaches at westminster westminster during our conference he goes george in preparation to play you i blared the music as loud as i could in practice i told the uh, control team my jv squad to just trap and press and like run and shoot quickly and everything and all that you do. And I told my varsity team, you've got to be disciplined. You gotta slow it down. You gotta pull the ball out. And he said, George, within five minutes it all looked the same. My varsity was playing exactly like my JV. They just, you know, <laughs> they they couldn't, they couldn't not take the bait. And another guy, uh a friend of mine, coaches at Elmhurst, um, John uh, Bain, uh Baines, he said, uh he was saying he was at a tournament here and he, they'd stayed at a local hotel and he came, he played us and they actually won the game. He came back the next day and I said, John, how'd you sleep? He goes, terrible. I said, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What happened? I said, It was you know, bad bed, bad room. What happened? He said, George. He said, After he said, trying to fall asleep after playing your team is like trying to fall asleep after watching a horror movie. <laughs> And I go, oh, that's such a compliment. It wasn't you had a bad bed. It was just that our team just drove you nuts. And so adjustments, I'm telling you, I mean, it's, it literally is, you know, uh, by the other team, it's just, you know, maybe, maybe offensive rebound more. That's one thing they can tell them. But if they tell them to slow down, it's just not going to work. just doesn't work so
1: so to finish we always like to do a top five so i i thought a perfect top five with for you would be you know what who are who are your top five favorite fast break basketball teams in history it can be any level men's or women's give us five teams that you loved watching their fast break
2: okay good very good so of course um i was fascinated with um with the Loyola teams Loyola Marymount wow. teams okay right I thought I thought Wes said that was fun that was always a fun thing for some reason people are fascinated with the high scores so like of all the scores that get reported we lose by 70 and like we're on ESPN Scott Van Pelt is talking about us like <laughs> I'm eating my bowl of ice cream I get home I dr- I drive the bus home we lost by 70 and you know I got a nice check out of it and I'm eating a bowl of ice cream so by the way when we win, I always have a bowl of ice cream. When we lose, I have two bowls of ice cream, you know, so (laughs) I'm having my bowl of ice cream. And Scott Van Pelt says something about some, some crazy score, offensive score. And I thought, oh, I better stay up. It's maybe Greenville. And sure enough, it's Greenville. It's tiny Greenville (laughs) on Scott Van Pelt ESPN Sports Center. And so, um, so anyways, people are fascinated with that. So I probably liked, I liked Westhead. I liked our team a couple years ago, team. We scored 200 points in one game. Um, We had a double overtime win 145 to 142 half court shot winner um, early on playing like this. Some of my early teams here were, were fun. Um, Here's who a guy who I idolize. You wouldn't probably know this name, but, his name uh i can't remember his first name i think it was ed diddle and he coached at western kentucky and he was a fast break guru and uh so his western kentucky teams uh i would say were teams that i idolized i really liked our 96 kentucky team we only lost two games we were like 34 and two so we were it was a good fast break team and um just anytime, time you know like i watch a team from the southeastern conference like alabama or um wimp sanderson those teams um i remember alabama played georgia in the southeastern conference tournament in 1992 it was like 104 to 103 and i just loved that stuff you know i mean i i grew up at, at uh, an nc state fan because my dad was getting his doctorate degree at north carolina state And I was there in 74 when Monty Tao and David Thompson, all those guys, and, you know, they would routinely score in the 80s. All the old ABA, NBA teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, those games were so fun. They were always over 100, you know, and and they were again this summer. You know, I don't know why it was like that, but it's just more fun. Like, weren't the playoffs a lot of fun this year?
1: They were. They were. Yeah,
2: so – I don't know, people are fascinated with offense. People ask me, they say, you know, well, defense wins championships. I go, no, no, here's the deal. They're attaching the hardest thing to get people to do, which is play defense, to the most sexy word in sport, which is championships. And they're pairing them together because they're trying to say, we know it's hard to get you to play defense. So let's put a very, very attractive word with it like championships and say that they go together. That's what works. True. You got to have defense. You got to do both, but you, you know, you got to have offense. I mean, offense is what people are, you know, enjoy. So I see offense wins championships. (laughs)
1: Coach, we, we do appreciate you joining us. Um, You know, can you just let our listeners uh, know how they can, can get in touch with you or follow your program uh, to finish us out?
2: Absolutely. So I have a couple of ways um, I have a Facebook page called Coach the System with Dr. George Barber. Um, that is easy to go to. Um, still there? Okay, there you go. Um, I have a website that's called Coach the System, and um, you can go to the Greenville basketball page, Greenville University, just Greenville basketball, you know, .edu education. Um, and then my email address is george.barber at greenville.edu. And I will give you my cell phone number. I do not mind if somebody contacts me there is 618-410-3510. You can hit me up on the cell phone and say, Hey coach, uh, let's talk system basketball. And I'm glad to do it.
1: Well, thank you coach to close us out. Coaches, make sure you do reach out if you have questions or Or want to know more about Coach Barber's system, make sure you go to those websites, Facebook page, and and reach out to him via his cell number, and, and he will get back to you. Thanks,
2: Coach. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Thank you, Todd. You guys are doing a great job, and I really appreciate you having me on the show.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the After the Timeout podcast. For more information and upcoming episodes, follow us on Twitter at @afterthetimeout. You can find all of our episodes on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts by searching After the Timeout. Thank you for listening.